I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. It's not often that I have a complete stranger on this show, but when I heard about Liz Wilcox and what she was doing with email newsletters, I knew that I had to have her on. She's going to be sharing a strategy around leveraging email to create more connection with the people on your list that I know you are going to want to use, whether you're using email to help sell more people into your programs or whether you're connecting with people who are inside of your programs and you want to create more engagement and connection through your email list. Listen in. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. All right, friends, I'm really excited because I don't do this very often. And that is have somebody on the podcast that I don't personally know. Oftentimes you hear me introduce somebody and I say, oh, this is my friend Lauren or my friend Sally. And it's because they really are my friend. I don't use that term lightly. But this is the first time I've ever had somebody come on that I'm like, I don't know this person, but I hear she is amazing and we have to have her on the podcast. So my friend Kristen McCall, who is in the online marketing space, who I've also known from elementary school, which is pretty random, told me that I need to know Liz Wilcox. So Liz is lovingly known as the fresh princess of email marketing, which my 90s heart just jumps when I say that. And she's an email strategist and a keynote speaker. But what I love about her is that she has a membership with, I think, over 3,000 members that is a template membership for email newsletters, right? She took this $9 offer, has turned it into a multiple six-figure business without ads. So there's a whole episode we could do on that. But I really want to focus in on her genius around email newsletters because whether you are using them to nurture your community online so that you can lead them into your programs down the line Or like many of you, you have an established online program and you communicate regularly with your members. Email newsletters are a big part of this. And you may think, is an email dead? And the answer to that is no, 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 my friend. It is far from that. I think Liz will probably talk to us about that. And she's going to give us some very specific strategies on how we can create more engagement, get more connection through these newsletters. So Liz, thanks so much for coming and and being on a stranger's podcast. This is so fun for me. Y'all, we about to be best friends. I am so ready to go. I don't know anyone else who geeks out over electronic mail the way Liz Wilcox does. So buckle up, turn the volume up. Like, let's go. I'm so excited. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Okay, so before we dive in, I want to know what is your favorite community that you've ever been a part of? And what did you love about it? Okay, this is such a fun question. So you can't see me right now, but I am very 90s themed. And in the background, there's actually two very ancient in sync 
posters <laughs> in the background. And my favorite community I've ever been a part of was actually, I think it was right before the pandemic, I went to Disney and I found these girls. I was saw them walking in Disney Springs and they were wearing NSYNC shirts. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love NSYNC, you know, and suddenly it took me back to a time with less responsibility and more fun, right? Those, those middle school years. And I beelined across the sidewalk and I said, oh my gosh, I love your shirts. And they said, oh, we have a podcast. Uh, check us out. And I started listening to the podcast. Of course, they have a Facebook group. And three, four years later, however long it's been, I'm, the podcast ended, but the community is still there. And we keep each other updated on what's going on with the guys. We geek out when we see new merchandise, like in Target, or my sister just posted a picture. She found like a onesie for a dog that had sync on it. And we just geek out on that stuff. And you can't see me, but I'm smiling so big because... It's just such a fun community. It's just such a way, responsible, crazy times we're in to just kind of take it back and just geek out and be kind of girly and silly over something so ridiculous, but fun. And that's, that's my favorite community. And I love that that common interest of NSYNC, it's not just we're interested in the same things, but this whole culture around it because of that nostalgia. And I knew we were going to be best friends because I was totally an NSYNC girl. It was like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. I was NSYNC all the way. JC and I were for sure getting married. And I have just recently reconnected with Lance Bass over his podcast, which if you haven't listened to Lance's podcast, it's kind of fascinating because he frosted tips. Yes, frosted <laughs> tips. So good. He brings back people from the 90s that you would want to know, like, what actually was going on back then. And the first episode is so fascinating, because he does kind of let you in on the behind the scenes of how all of that was getting started. So I can see how there would be an entire community around that. And now it's fun, because the 90s are trending now it's yeah, I have a 22 year old and I see like the things she shares with me from TikTok and I'm like wait whoa wait did you get that from my like 90s closet what is this <laughs> so we're gonna dive in because I know we could talk about NSYNC and 90s culture all day long but tell me how you kind of became the queen of email marketing I mean how did you even get into email marketing yeah, so I have a little bit of a different story. A lot of email marketers or digital marketers, they started off as service providers, copywriters. They got really good at writing underneath bigger names, and they decided to branch out and create their own services and products. I actually started off as an RV travel blogger. So I bought an RV. I wanted to travel, and I, you know, I started Googling, as you do, how to make money online so I can travel, and started listening to podcasts and webinars, and, you know, the Facebook ads started popping up, and everyone said, start a blog, start a blog, and little naive Liz Wilcox, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to be a millionaire in 18 months <laughs> yes. or whatever, and so I started this travel blog. And of course, listening to amazing podcasts like this one, everyone and their mother said, oh, if, if I had one regret, it would be that I didn't take my email list seriously from day one. 
here I am at day zero. I'm like, mama didn't raise no fool. I'm going to take my email list seriously. Okay. And I launched my blog and my email list on the same day. I said, hey, join the email list so you can get updates on the blog, etc. And a few months in, everybody, okay, you got your list. Now create your first digital product. That's the best way to make money. You know, that's the most profitable thing. So I said, okay, I started creating this book and I want to pause here and let this be inspiration to you as you listen. Maybe you're driving, doing the dishes and you're thinking, oh, you know, is my membership valuable enough? Is my course, am I getting enough people? Do I need to add another module? My very first product was an ebook for $10 and it was a book about poop. (laughs) It was an RV travel blog. So of course, you know, people are driving around with their sewage underneath them. So I wrote a funny, what do you do with the black water? Exactly. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. So it was called tales from the black tank, which is where your sewage goes, a collection of hilariously crappy stories. It made something like $7,000 in the first 90 days. And again, I mentioned that to let you know what you're doing is a better idea than what Liz Wilcox had. And I totally believe in your ability to get it to the next level wherever you are right now. So I did that, saw some success, did a digital summit. You know, I did everything under the sun, any kind of digital product you could think of. And I really got very good at email. And my kind of big claim to fame to Shanna's question, what is I had my first digital course. I decided, okay, I'm going to do the thing everybody tells you to do. I've tried these other itty bitty things. And I created a wait list. It had 141 people on it. And when I launched it, it was the typical Monday through Friday thing. And by Friday night, I had made 141 sales. So every single person that indicated interest bought it. So That's then I went insane, to- <laughs> y'all. Anybody who's ever launched anything is like, I'm sorry, can you repeat that, please? Did you just say Absolutely. 100% conversion? It's so wild to me. Like when I say it, I'm, I get nervous because I'm like, it's so unbelievable. But it's true. I have the receipts directly on my homepage. There's a screenshot of it. But randomly went to some copywriting club conferences. And I started telling people and yeah, people in the digital marketing space, reminder, I'm writing books about poop, (laughs) y'all. I was not in the digital marketing space. And people started, Oh, you did what? No, you didn't. Let me look at that. What? How did who's your copywriter? I mean, are they here? And I said, I didn't really even understand what a copywriter was. I said, Oh, I write everything. And I realized what set me apart was my newsletter. I got really good at connecting with people, making friends in the inbox. And that is what set me up for success with all of these products. And especially the course, sending those newsletters out in the way that I did. Once I realized that was different, I thought, oh, to heck with this RV blog, I've got to let other people in on this because this has changed my whole life. That's so cool. I love it because first off, my husband and I have been talking about RVs for, gosh, going on probably six years now. So I'm always a big fan of hearing about RV bloggers. But I love that this is something that you came across naturally. I think so often in the digital marketing space, it's something that you've learned from somebody else that you've implemented, and you've done a really great job of implementing it. And you've kind of created your own nuance to it. And now you go and teach it to others. Whereas you were just showing up in life and showing up in your community via email in a way that felt authentic and connecting for you. And my guess is you did that consistently, which is probably one of the biggest mistakes we all make with email. You did that consistently, and then it 
the proof was in the pudding when it came to actually making an offer. And nobody can say this doesn't work when you say, yeah, like I, I didn't have a strategy behind this, but I was doing this naturally. I got a 100% conversion on my wait list, right? For those of you that don't know, I like it. Keep it simple. Wait list is when you say, I'm going to be opening the doors to some product. I'm going to be letting you buy something from me in the future. And if you want to make sure that you know about that, because the doors may only be open to purchase it for a limited amount of time and there's only so many, you can get on this email list and I'm going to tell you about it first. Usually, usually you get like, I don't know what, 5% conversion. Like if you have 100 people, five people might buy depending on who's on the list and how good they are. But 100% is just unheard of. And so I'm curious, when you kind of sat in that room and you had these copywriters basically gawking at you saying, tell us your ways, oh mighty one. (laughs) Let us know what you have done to make this possible. How did you start to really discover the strategy behind what you were doing so that you could then teach it to others. Because there's always that gap between I'm doing this and it's working, but now I need to understand what is working so that I can then translate that for other people to implement. Yeah. So really, when people started asking me, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? To me, it was so baffling. I said, what what are you talking about? I just, I'm doing things everybody says to do. I'm just emailing consistently. And they said, yeah, well, I do that too, sister. And it ain't looking like what you're doing. And I want to preface that you can't tell, or if you haven't Googled me yet, I do have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of head junk that causes me to second guess or think, oh, I better get a second opinion on this. And Sometimes ignorance is my greatest uh, skill. (laughs) So I was just doing things that were so authentically Liz that it just clicked with the right people. And because I was doing it consistently, more people that liked the way Liz did things got on the email list and more people that didn't like the way Liz did things unsubscribed, which is a good thing. We don't want to try to cater to everyone because then we're not really talking to anyone. I was just talking to the people that liked kind of gross humor and like to see this semi-professional person online trying to figure things out (laughs) uh, while traveling with a toddler. You know, I wasn't trying to cast a wide net. I was just being myself and having that confidence to say, oh, okay, they tell me to email consistently. All right, every Sunday night, I'm gonna go for it. And I, it wasn't until I think I was almost three years in that someone said, oh, this is an email copywriter. You should get on their list. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I got on her list and I realized, oh, I do things almost completely opposite of what she's saying. So, you know, I'll take that into consideration. But what I'm doing is working. I shouldn't tweak it. But again, I feel like that comes from a lot of like self-acceptance and confidence that is relatively easy for me to say. And if you're not there yet, writing newsletters and really leaning into that side of yourself is going to really behoove you in the long run. But don't worry if you're not there yet. I believe in you. Yeah, I love that you're talking about that mindset piece of it. Because I do think when you get that first unsubscribe, it's like this. Oh my gosh, what did I do or say that was wrong? And if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all, I'm an Enneagram eight. So that stuff just like rolls right off. I'm like, Okay, that's awesome. Move on with my day. My husband's an Enneagram 9. For him, he would be like, 
the next morning he'd be like, okay, was it this one word in the email? Is that what caused them to unsubscribe? And so I acknowledge that there's a lot of people that that is really hard for them to move past. But what you're talking about here is really important. You you can't be afraid to show up uniquely as you and to say things that nobody else is saying, knowing that that's going to turn the apple cart over for some people. Some people aren't going to align and that's okay because at some point, the deeper they get into your community, the deeper they get into this web that you're weaving with them, they're going to leave because they should be getting greater intimacy and greater knowledge of you and your values and what you believe in and that cause and culture that we talk about a lot on this podcast. The more they get exposed to that, they should either feel more loyal to you, more connected to you, more a part of that movement, or they should be getting a lot of clarity that this this isn't for them in the long run. And that's okay because there is a community that is for them. So tell us, what is the secret sauce, right? What is the breakdown for us? If if you're somebody like me, I send an email once a week that's basically a takeaway of the blog post for that week. Like that is that's as far as my emailing goes, right? So you have people like me, and then you have people who are sending a newsletter that's basically let me get as many links as I can in this week so that you know where all the stuff is I want you to go to, but nobody clicks through because it's overwhelming and doesn't provide much value. And then you have the people who are ghosting their list, who aren't doing anything. So what do we do? If we're going to send a newsletter, what does that look like? How do we do that effectively? Yeah. So I think I'm about to change Shanna's whole email world. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) I told you we're going to be best friends, baby. You got to hold me accountable to it, Liz. You got to be like, girl, I saw that email this week. And that is not what I taught you. Oh, snap. I'm going to put a calendar reminder when we get off this call to check in. (laughs) So I follow something called the email staircase talking about how did Liz, how did you reverse engineer that last question we talked about? I realized I was following basically three steps. First, you have a follower, right? Somebody hears you on a podcast, sees you on Instagram, whatever. Get them on your email list and turn them into a friend. And I'll explain that in a second. And once you have a list full of friends who you really know, you can create a product that you know will sell. Just the same as, you know, I had the wait list, everybody bought, mind's blown. It's like, well, of course they bought. I created something just for them based on what they were telling me and what activity what they were engaging with in the newsletters. I knew I was in sync with the list, right? So follower, friend, customer. I don't do anything that's too complicated. That's just a few steps. So what does it mean to create a friend in the inbox? How do you do that? You just need to do three things. And hopefully this will help you the next time you sit down and you say, oh gosh, you know, Liz hype me up, but what the heck do I write? You just have to do three things. Number one, show that you are invested. Invested in them and invested in your business. I don't care if you're B2C and you think nobody cares about the things I'm doing in the background of my business. Y'all, I had an email list full of 60 year old men. I'm not joking you. The average age of my customer was like 63 years old. He was retired. I called him Joe. Okay. But he cared about my business because I was showing him I was invested. I spent two hours writing this blog post. It took me three months to create this course just for you, Joe, right? I'm showing that I am invested and I am invested in the vision that I have for them. I like to think of it as I've got a prop here. You can't see me, but I'm holding it up for Shanna. It's a degree. If you're walking across Liz Wilcox University, what degree am I handing you? For me, it's make money with email. Okay. 
What is it for you? Show that you're invested in that vision. I could say if I wrote my newsletter today, oh, I spent three hours today doing podcast interviews, trying to find more people to give newsletters a chance. That shows that I'm invested. It shows that I am invested in the vision of making more people money with email, right? So number one, show that you're invested. Number two, be relatable. Here's the part that people get hung up on. They try to be interesting. You don't have to be interesting. They're on your list. They're already interested in you, okay? There's a million and one email marketers out there. I'm the one on the podcast today. Shanna's already interested in what I have to say, but I have to be relatable. And relatable can be very simple. Oh, on a podcast interview today and my air conditioning turned off. I live in Florida. I'm sweating, right? That's it. That's the relatability piece. Even if you live in Alaska, you know what it's like to have the AC go out or you can imagine it, right? So be relatable. Just two to three sentences at the beginning of your email. I call it a personal update. Instead of trying to tell stories, chances are you didn't get into business because you're a storyteller, right? You got into business to do X, Y, Z. And while stories, yes, they definitely connect. They definitely work, especially in sales emails. Every single week does not have to be a novel. It's a newsletter. So just a personal update that makes you relatable or shows that you're invested in the vision you have for your potential clients is going to work wonders for you. And then the third thing is just stay top of mind. Now, this is also where people get tripped up. Oh, I got to write every single week. Some people say every day, three times a week. What do I do, Liz? What do I do? When you are doing the investing and the relatability really well, staying top of mind becomes easier. Just like you're listening to this podcast right now, you know Shanna is invested. You relate to her. If she skips a few weeks, if she gets ill, something happens, she goes out of town, she goes on vacation for the summer, you're not going to forget about her. She's done her job showing you, oh my gosh, she records this podcast. She's meeting up with this strange lady, Liz Wilcox, somebody recommended. She's praying that it works out. (laughs) She's obviously invested in the vision she has of you to create a very awesome community, right? And she's relatable. We just spent the first question she asks on every podcast is, What's your favorite community? We were talking about NSYNC. Chances are, even if you don't like NSYNC, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that era. Or Jackson 5 was my boy band or what, you know, you're relating in some sort of way. And so staying top of mind is going to be so much easier now when you say, yes, I'm ready to take my community to the next level. Who are you going to go with? Shanna, right? You can do that same thing in newsletters. This is so good because I think, When I heard like newsletter strategy, I'm like, she's going to come in and be like, okay, you need to have like these three points. And then you're going to share this and that and you're going to do it with this frequency. But you're really speaking my love language to come from it with a holistic perspective, where I can take what you just shared, which I have made notes on my little note card here, y'all. So I'm doing it. I'm making these notes. I can take what you just shared And I can apply that to my business, whether it be for my newsletter that goes out to anybody on my list, like your nurture, I'm nurturing this community, or to your members. And I think sometimes we forget when somebody gets in our membership, we make the mistake of taking them off the nurture list. And now all they get is like Q&A on Friday, here's the replay, coaching call on Tuesday, 
oh, have you logged in to the membership this week? Right. So we we send them transactional communication and we forget that we need to continue to nurture and build that connection. So I love this concept of follower to friend, friend to customer. You mentioned something there that really stood out to me. I just recently did a podcast interview with Sam Ovens, the founder of School, and we talked about this concept of creating the community first and then creating the product to serve the community because they'll tell you exactly what they want. And it's the same thing. You're building a community via your newsletter. You're listening to those friends, as you called them, and then you create it for them, which is you're like, I know this is going to sell. I don't have to sit and not sleep at night asking myself if this is going to sell because they've literally told me this is exactly what they want. So I love that. And then the three things that you need to be doing to turn that follower, once somebody gets on your list, to a friend, making sure that they see that you're invested in them and your business, being relatable, and staying top of mind. I love how you said you didn't need to have to tell a story because I come from a world where people talk about stories all the time. And I'm like, y'all, I don't have time for this. Like, oh, okay. So my two-year-old was driving his electric Jeep the other day. My daughter got out, stood up on top of the electric Jeep and started dancing as cars drove by on top of the Jeep to astronaut in the ocean. It's like, let me relate this to business and then turn it in and manipulate it into this like life lesson story. And it feels, it doesn't just feel exhausting. It feels inauthentic to try and like take all of these life experiences and turn them into stories to build connection. Absolutely. It's a little contrite and the consumer is a lot savvier than they were 10 years ago. And I'm not saying stories don't connect. You know, I shared my story about meeting the sync ladies and we've shared stories about how we met and who we prefaced with a story. They definitely connect, but it's a newsletter, not a novel. If you don't have time to write it, chances are your people don't have time to read it. Save the story for when you really have something good, when you really want to share the transformation that you hope they get from this week's content. Or if you're selling, you know, hey, this is the story of XYZ. But really that personal update, two to three sentences, if you want to get formulaic, two to three sentences at the very beginning of your newsletter, you know, hey, my fridge broke, all my groceries are gone, but here I am writing you today because that's important to me. I was showing I was relatable, how many appliances have broken in your life, probably at least one. And then I showed I was invested in what, two or three sentences, hey, I'm writing you anyway, because that's just what I do. That's two to three sentences. And then you can segue into the content and all caps, y'all all caps, you know where that is on your keyboard? Anyway, dot, 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 what I really need to share today is this week's content, or I've got two one-on-ones open for the spring, get on a call today, or check out my Instagram, I'm really trying to grow it, you know, whatever content you actually need to share, really short to the point, you've respected their inbox. And so they're going to open again and again and again. And they're going to actually be excited when you send that story, because normally kind of quick, short to the point, it's like, oh, she has a story, I'm more willing to read it now. So let's talk a little bit about that content section, because that's something that originally when I was sending my weekly email out, it was just like a little snippet. And it's like, hey, go and listen or go and watch. And then I was like, why did I just send people an email to just tell them to go somewhere else to consume the content? I want them to be able to 
get the gist of what I'm talking about and get the key takeaways within the email themselves. And I've had some people be like, no, don't give them the stuff in the email. Like you got to send them to the podcast. And I'm like, but what if they just like to read emails? There are people who just like to read the email. They don't want the video. They don't want the podcast. So talk a little bit about the content section and how that can vary what you've seen work, not work. Is there anything that we should try to avoid in that section? Yeah, I love that you brought this up because some people just are readers. But I want you to think of the inbox and your newsletters when you're thinking about your readers. The inbox is just like the mailbox. I'm a prop person, so I'm showing Shanna some props. So, you know, let's say, oh, this is your water bill. That's going to go in the pile. I know I don't have to open that for 10 more days. It's not due. Oh my gosh, this is for John. We broke up months ago. I really wish the postal service would stop reminding me of my ex, right? And it's, oh my gosh, Shanna sent me something. I have to open this right away, right? We do the exact same thing when we open up our Gmail. It's like, oh, that's a bill. That's on auto pay, delete. Oh, you know, that's spam, Marcus spam. Oh, Liz Wilcox sent me something. I wonder what she has to say this week. So to Shanna's question, How do we get that? How do we get that? Oh my gosh, Liz sent me something. I have to open it. Well, you want to be familiar. I know who Liz is. I know who Shanna is, right? I recognize the name. I have a feeling about her, right? I'm relating to her. I know she's invested in me. But we don't want to be predictable. We don't want the same content piece over and over. If you send out a podcast, Every Wednesday, she's smiling. You can't see her, but she's like, oh, snap. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, like that, that podcast. I like it. Like, I'm getting called. Shots fired. Even if you do that, like, that's fine. You want to be familiar, right? Oh, yeah, this is the podcast. But we don't want to be so predictable that, oh, I know what's inside that. I don't have time to look at it right now. I'll save it for later. And then it goes in the mail pile that we know dang well we're just going to throw everything away in six months. The same way in our inbox, we have a thousand unread emails and we just mass delete them at Christmas time when we're watching Netflix, right? We don't want that to happen. So vary the content. Do what Shanna said. Yeah, some bullet points and then maybe the next week a video and then maybe the next week it's just short and sweet and it's just maybe 10 words. Hey, I got this podcast up if you're interested. Boom. The next week it's a long story. Again, familiar. I know who she is, but I'm not sure what's in this package today. If you sent me something that first day, oh my gosh, I'm so, I can't believe Shanna sent me something. This is so nice. If you sent me something the next week, oh my gosh, again, I'm going to open it. You sent me something again the third week. If it's the exact same thing I saw the first two weeks, that's going to go in the mail pile. I'm not going to, oh, I know what's in there. I got to go to the bathroom first. Oh, I got to cook dinner first. And it's going to start collecting dust. Yeah, this is so good because I love that you're giving the visual of actual mail. And I literally this morning had an email conversation with my assistant because she was like, okay, we're going to start bucketing and foldering things. Like, what do you want to keep in the actual inbox? And what do you just want me to put away in that? I call them marketing emails. I have a lot of friends who are in the industry who I get coffee with. And I'm like, nope, we need Amy's emails. We can't unsubscribe, but you put them in the marketing emails. And then before I have coffee with her, I'm going to look and I'm going to see what she's doing. Or, oh, I'm paying for this program, but I just use it when I need to. I don't need all the updates, like, but I still want to get it. And there was one person that I said, oh, no, keep that because they inspire me every time that I read what they send out. Like I get inspired and I really enjoy it. And the funny thing is, is that those of you that know me in person know that I am not predictable. 
at all. But my emails do come across that way, right? But I am very practical. And so I do like being practical. I do like not having a ton of fluff and getting that in there. But I'm a writer at heart. And I used to write and journal consistently and then share frequently what was going on because I used to have a blog as well. And that got so much engagement and built so much connection. And yet I've moved away from that. And for the sake of making sure that I'm consistent. And so it's funny because it's like I've chosen to be consistent over connected to what I'm doing. And I think I would be better served focusing more on being really connected with what I'm writing and who I'm writing it to and give myself a little bit more grace on the consistency. Yeah. And I'm all, I love what she just said, y'all connected over consistent. And again, remember, like when you show you're invested, when you're relatable, the consistency, of course, always strive for it. But yeah, give yourself grace when it's been a long week, or you're like, well, I guess I really just don't have anything to say. Or the kids in the hospital, it just is what it is. It's been a month. Don't feel bad. Just when you're there, be there, right? That's with everything. Don't you think? Yeah, it is being fully present, right? And so, okay, one last thought that's coming in my head before we kind of tie a bow on all this. I know that so many of the people listening to this right now are like, well, I sell my membership or I sell my course and I hear you talking about newsletters and that's all well and good. But then how do I actually sell stuff to these people? Because that's why they're on my list in the first place. So can you talk a little bit about calls to action selling through? How do you transition in this kind of newsletter? Do you leverage it for sales at all? Do you always leverage that just for nurture? And then you reserve all of the sales calls to action for something else? Like, what does that philosophy look like for you? Yeah. Oh, y'all, I am shameless. I sell in almost every single newsletter I send out. For me, Selling is serving. Like my most valuable, if I'm really trying to make a difference, if I'm really trying to invest in you, my most valuable ways I can do that are within my paid programs, right? Within my membership, my workshops. That's where I'm really showing up and serving. And because my audience knows I'm so invested in them, they know that my paid stuff is really, really good. Like they know, oh, she spent six. I did a workshop a year ago on open rates. Those are kind of wild right now. That's a different episode. But, you know, I said, I spent six months figuring all this technical stuff out. And now I'm going to present it to you in a way that makes sense. The same way in this episode, I've said, oh, it's like the mailbox and this and that, right? And so they knew I was invested. So of course, I would ask them to invest back into me. And so in your content, let's say you give a tip or you've got a podcast episode let's say this email marketing one, right? Um, Let's write this newsletter. Hey, you know, I met this person over Facebook. I was nervous, but didn't know her. And we decided to hit record anyway. Turned out, went really well. Here's the episode. Here are a few takeaways, ABC. By the way, I really loved her episode so much. I got an affiliate link for her membership. Here it is. If you really just want to get started with newsletters, check it out here. No pressure. 
boom, done. You know, we wrote that in what, 30 seconds. I stumbled a little bit, but you know, typing is slower than talking. (laughs) And so really simple, super easy segue. Hey, we're talking about email. You can check the podcast or if you're ready to just dive in, here's my affiliate link. Super cohesive. It makes sense. It's not combobulated. It's not me telling, I didn't really even tell a story, but it says everything you need to say and more. I love that you talked about investing in them in the beginning. And you're like, of course, I'm going to ask them to invest in me. I've invested in them and they know it. Like, I'm not afraid to ask for them to invest in me because I've invested in them. And it's that mutually beneficial relationship. I think it flows naturally for you in how you have structured this newsletter, which I think is so great. Because I do that often where I have an episode, I'm like, man, I'm holding back for them if I don't tell them that I have this $97 metrics dashboard kit or whatever, or that I have this whole training course on how to create a thriving community. It would be like me keeping a secret that is completely relevant to exactly what's in the content. So why would I do that? Right. And it ultimately comes down to that fear, that fear of rejection or turning people off or all of that. But if you're investing in people and you're connecting in people and you're showing up for them in a relatable way, the right people are going to stay. The right people are going to value what you have to share. And if they're not ready for the purchase or it's not a fit for them right now, that's okay. They're going to stick around and then eventually they will be ready. They will find that thing that you're able to offer to them. So good. Okay. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you're like, oh, I haven't talked about this? But this would be really valuable to share. Or have we just totally like squeezed all of the juice out of Liz Wilcox today? I mean, there's a lot more juice, but I don't. The thing about me is I never want to overwhelm people. So I think we should leave it at that. And the last thing I'll say to Shanna's point about, you know, maybe they buy now, maybe they don't. I always say and why I say sell in just about every newsletter is people don't buy when you sell. There's a reason why my story of 100% conversion rate is so outrageous. (laughs) I know that. People don't buy when you sell. They buy when they're ready. And so showing that you're invested and being relatable, staying top of mind, all of those things, exactly to what Shanna said, they don't buy now, they're going to buy later because they're on your list for a reason and they stay on your list for a reason. And it's just the same as like gas station behavior. My sister waits until she's on fumes to get gas. The gas station is always there. It's always open. I drive a 1989 Ford Bronco. I get gas like every other day because I'm not going to have that thing towed that would cost me a million and one dollars, right? And so people buy when they're ready. My sister and I are ready at different times. And so think of that the next time you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I should sell right now, or oh, that feels kind of disjointed, or maybe I should put it in a PS, just go ahead and do it. Because somebody might be just waiting for that thing that you already have. Yeah, they're waiting for you. We talk about this a lot, like your community is waiting for you to show up for them. And if you don't show up for them, they will find somebody else who is because they have a need, they have a problem that needs to be solved. And I think one of the things you said here about people buying when they're ready, the question that came to mind for me when I'm thinking about these nurture emails is how can I be nurturing them to a place of readiness? Like how can I help people recognize or believe that they're ready. I've heard you say this a couple of times in this episode, like I believe in you. And it's that gift of helping people recognize the capabilities that they have and the desires and motivations that exist in them that they are not living out 
I think that's part of the gift that we have when we get invited into somebody's inbox is to call them into something new, something different, to try something courageous, to invest in themselves in a way that maybe they haven't before. But we need to be thinking about like, how do we nurture them to that place of readiness? Because just back to the car example, like, you know, you're ready because there's a dial that tells you that you're about to run out of gas, right? If that dial didn't exist, you would just keep driving and then you would, you know, find yourself stranded on the interstate. But we can help be that dial for people to help them recognize when they are at that place of readiness. This is so good. Liz, I'm so grateful that Kristen introduced us and that I was like, Uh, Out of all the people on this list, she seems fun. Let's get her on because this is, you have incredibly over-delivered. I am excited to think about this for myself. I'm excited to hear from you all as you're listening and implementing. Let us know. Please do, as always, give us feedback. Let us know the response that you're getting as you shift to this sort of strategy in your business for your email. And Liz, please do tell us where we can find you. How can we find out? about this email newsletter membership where they're going to get way more of this gloriousness on a regular basis. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much. Of course, I am an email marketer. I would love for you to join my email list. You can go to lizwilcox.com. In the top right-hand corner, there's a hot pink button. You can't miss it. It says free email swipes. And what you're going to get, we talked all about these newsletters, investing, relating, top of mind. How do we get people to click? What what does all this mean, Liz? I know you're probably driving or doing the dishes. If you can't figure out how to conceptualize everything we talked about, when you click that hot pink button, you're actually going to get three newsletter samples, one to show you how to get people to click, one to show you how to get people to reply and one, to get people to buy directly from your newsletter. If that's not enough, I know writing from scratch totally sucks and email feels like this knot you can't untangle. You're also going to get an already written for you four-part welcome sequence and 52 subject lines. Hot pink button, lizwilcox.com. You can't miss it. Oh, that's so awesome. Thanks for being so generous with that too. That's awesome. We will put the link to that in the description. And of course, please do connect with Liz. Are you on Instagram? Where's the best place for them to connect with you outside of your list? Yeah, you can tell I'm an email marketer because I don't even mention that other stuff. But I do. I am very active on Instagram. If you're into boy band memes, and hilarious reels about email and how much sometimes it totally sucks. Uh, You can check me out at the Liz Wilcox, T-H-E Liz Wilcox. So please do find her, send her a DM, letting her know how much you appreciate this episode. Liz, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. I can't wait to see what everybody does with email. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven-minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access.